as we look at the series that we are going through, who remembers the color we went through last week? Black. And what did black represent? Sin. So we know that black represents sin, and it is sin that separates us from the relationship with God. And we need to understand this as we look at this, that everything that deals that God deals with is about relationship. Okay? He sent his son Jesus to what? Restore our relationship with him, that we might be one with him again. He, he sent Jesus to make that bridge. When we are in sinful states, he wants us to um, be restored to him to repair the relationship that he has for us. And so when we look at this, when we look at sin in our life, and hopefully we looked at this, we saw a couple things, um, just in refresher. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Uh, there's none righteous, not one, the Bible would say. So we really look at the, the stance where we're at, that, that we are sinful, that we are really in a dark spot without Christ, and we need Christ in us. The second part... Let's catch up. The second part was your iniquities have made a separation between you and your God. So when our relationship is disturbed with God, it's not his fault. It's not something that he has done. It is something that we have done. Our iniquities have made a separation between you and your God, and your sins have hidden his face from you so that he does not hear you. Sometimes we can cry out and say, God, where are you? Where are you in all this? And maybe we need to look at our lives and say, where are we walking? What are we doing? And this isn't just for the lost. He's talking to Israel, and we can say we can talk to the church in this. In the Gospels, we see a passage where it talks about two people that were praying. And one man was down praying and beating his chest and saying, thank God I'm not a sinner like this person. But the other person was humbly down on his face, saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. If you look at those two people, you see a lot of what happens in the world today. You have one, the proud, who is looking at somebody else, wanting to blame somebody else for everything, and just thanking God that he wasn't quite as bad. And we do that in our world today. We don't think that our sin is that bad. We don't think that the things that we do are that terrible. At least not as terrible as the person next door to us or as the person down the road from us. And so we're always looking out saying, well, I'm not as bad as that person. The things that I have done are not as grievous as those over here. But the second man is the one that we're really supposed to be imitators of. God be merciful to me, a sinner. Show me in my life my sin that I can deal with it. God has not called us to be the Holy Spirit in this world. And I know some in the church believe that that's their roll call, is to be somebody else's Holy Spirit, to tell somebody else everything that they should correct in their life, everything that they should do. We have come to share the gospel message. We have come to share the truth that is in the Bible as we read through it. And when we do that, the Holy Spirit does its work. It's also our job to look at our life. And we talked about how sin sometimes is described as missing the mark. 
and some have preached and shown uh, an illustration of a target of, of an archer and they'll show that the arrow just hit off a little bit off to the side and that that is sin and that's really a misrepresentation of what sin is see sin is anything that is not exactly according to God's holiness and according to God's holy word and you say well that's everything well now you're starting to get the picture there's none righteous not one our deeds of goodness that we think are so great the Bible says are as filthy rags we cannot attain God's holiness on our own it's only through Jesus Christ and so unless you're shooting at that target and you are perfectly dead center on spot everything on the side of that is sin and so you could be an inch off and you could say well that's not that bad and that's how humans sort of do that that's how you and I sort of look and say well that's not that bad of a sin that's not that big of a sin look at this guy he, he hit near the outside of the room look at that guy he didn't even hit the target at all I'm better than him but God says if we've missed that perfect point of holiness at all in our life we should be ashamed and we need to go to him in repentance and we need to go to him and seek his forgiveness so black represents that sin but we left it last week too that this but God shows his great love for us in this way that Christ died for us why we were still sinners. See, for a lot of us, we wish that we could do something to earn the salvation. Some of us think that we're gaining favor with God because I've been faithful in this area, I've been faithful in that area, I don't talk this way, I don't do these things. So surely God looks down and, and I find favor with Him. But the Scriptures tell us something different. But God shows His great love for us in this way, that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. He died for us when we were lost. He died for us when we were black with sin. He died with us when we were in the bottom of the barrel, when we had nothing to offer. He died for us maybe when we were mocking him and ignoring him and, and having nothing to do with him. Living a life totally contrary to him. That is when Christ died for us. And that's what makes that gift of grace and salvation so great. It's not of works, lest anyone should boast. People in the world today would be so much happier if they could just give five bucks and say, there, I've paid for my salvation. I feel better about it now. But we can't do that. Because it is a gift of grace through faith. It's a gift that Christ gave us while we were sinners. He paid the price when we didn't deserve it, when we weren't his children. He looked down, for God so loved the world. And when you study that word world, that means all creation. He looked down upon man who he had created good in his image, who had sinned and betrayed him, Adam and Eve, in the garden. And men since that point have rebelled and gone their own way. All through scripture it talks, there's a way that seems right unto a man, but in the end it's 
way is destruction. We could say, you know, we use men a lot in here because this is what the scripture talks about, but it means people, humankind. There's a way that people think is right, but it's end is destruction. They think they're doing okay, but they're not following God's word. They're not following what God's word has to say. Are we following that? So when we talk about love, we can talk about a great love because Christ did this while we were sinners, while we were undeserving. It's like somebody coming and holding you up, sticking a gun in your ribs, saying, give me all your money, and you're saying, I'm forgiving you for this. That's what Jesus did. We were deep and dark and lost in sin. We were enemies of God, the scripture says. Because to be against God is to be at enmity with God. And when we were the enemies of God, that is the time that he lavished out his love for us. And the Bible tells us we're to do that same thing. So as we come to this wordless book, and we're putting a lot of words in this book, but we're trying to, to show these colors. When you see these colors, you can look at yourself and say, where am I in this book? But it's also a way to share the gospel with others around us. So when we see black, we can think of sin. And I want you to go back and just say, I'm a sinner. I'm a filthy, rotten, lousy, lost sinner apart from Christ. There's nothing redeemable in me. And until you can really come to that point as the man that was praying, saying, down on his face, prostrate to God, saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner, until you're at that point, God isn't going to do that work in your life. You can be the proud believer. Thank God I'm not as bad as this person. Look at this one, look at this one, look at this one. We can point all the fingers. And we think that God is grading us on some curve. You will not receive the blessing or the fullness or the joy or the peace that God has to offer you when you're doing those things. Why you were a sinner? Christ died for you. So when we think of black, we think of sin. So when we can relate to somebody, we can tell them everyone's a sinner. I'm a sinner, you're a sinner. The only difference between a saved and an unsaved person is one has a relationship with Jesus Christ and one doesn't. One has the gift of forgiveness and the gift of salvation, the other doesn't. The only difference. You may just be a, a little white liar in things or just bend the rules here or there and this person can be something terrible. God says there's no difference. You know, I remember a long time ago when we were going through Genesis and I thought about eating an apple. Eating an apple sent men into sinfulness. War against God. Lost our great standing with God. Because Adam and Eve had a great standing with God. And I thought, what is that, eating an apple? God said, don't don't eat of this fruit and, and they ate of this fruit and, and we think back and think how often have we told somebody you know a grandkid or a child don't eat a cookie before dinner you're going to spoil your appetite and they go and take that cookie 
That's enough candy, no more. And they take that one little piece. It's the same thing. You say, that's not that big of a deal. Well, it was in God's eyes. And it shows that all sin is big in God's eyes. And so, why we were sinners, why we were lost, why we were the enemies of God, he died for us. So the second color we're going to look at today is red. Red represents Christ's cost. You know, there's a cost to everything in the world today. There's a cost for everything. Everything that the world is going through right now, there's a cost to it. How many times do they tell you, there's, you know, they did a billion dollars worth of damage, a trillion dollars worth of it. It's going to be years before this happens. Are we ever going to be back to whatever normal is? There's consequences for everything that happens in the world. God designed the, the laws of, of nature and it says for every action there's a reaction. And so Christ represents, or red represents Christ's cost. So what did it cost Christ? What did it cost him? His life. So, so who forced him to the cross? Our sin brought him to the cross. Nobody forced him to the cross. He willfully went to the cross. He willfully went knowing. He came to this earth. And, and this is a, a big point to really look at. Seeing that we were sinners. That we were enemies of God. That we were, were fighting against him and everything. We had nothing that was redeemable in us. Apart from what God could see in us. But at that point there was nothing. Because why we were yet sinners. Enemies of God. Christ died for us. And so Christ went to this cross. And even as he hung upon that cross, he was looking down at people that were spitting at him, mocking him. He was looking at some that would never believe him. He was looking at some that would finish their life out, probably hunting down and killing Christians. But he also saw those that would be changed. But can you imagine that? Hanging upon that cross, looking down a, upon a, a group of people that were there just for the spectacle of your death, basically, except for a couple family members and maybe a few friends that were out there. Most of those people came for the spectacle. Like in the old western days, we're going to have a hanging. The town would fill up. There's going to be a crucifixion. And people came. And as Jesus was hanging there, he looked down and said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Why they were yet sinners. Christ died for them. And so when we talk about hanging on the cross, and this is something that the world doesn't talk a whole lot about anymore, he shed his blood. It wasn't a, a death where, like, I hope I die in my sleep. No, this was, a, this was a, a vicious, cruel, barbaric way to die. And Jesus knew it from the beginning. He knew it as he sat in the heavenlies, really. Romans 6.23 tells us this, that the payment for sin is death, but God gives us the free gift of life forever in Christ Jesus our Lord. The payment for sin is death. So the, the Bible's really saying we're sinners. 
What do we deserve? Do we deserve salvation? Do we deserve a pat on the back for some nice thing we do as sinners? Because sinners do nice things too. No, we deserve death. The wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life. And that's the free gift of God. So Jesus went to the cross to die for our sins. He shed his blood for our sins. So when we look at black, we see the sin. And when we look at red, we can say, there's the payment. There's the payment for our sins. If we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, his Son, cleanses us from all sin. Talks about our walk now. So we, we see that we're sinners. We acknowledge that we're sinners. We acknowledge there's nothing redeemable in us. I can't earn my salvation, can't buy my way to heaven. There's nothing I can do for it. And I realize that. And I see the gift that Jesus is offering. That God is offering us through his son Jesus. Through his blood. Through his grace. Through his mercy. This free gift. Nothing that I can do. And God calls me. And I answer. It tells us if we walk in the light as he is in the light. We have fellowship with one another. So that talks about relationship again. When we're talking about relationship, God's always talking about relationship. When there's something not going right with the relationship, there's, there's many things that can be going on. One is, we're not walking in the light as he is in the light. We're not following his word. We're not following his ways. We're like the proud prayer who's pointing his finger at everybody else. We're like the one who's looking at their life on a, on a continual curving grade. That says, well, I'm not as bad as this person. I'm better than this one. May not be as good as this one, but I'm in there. I'm in the ballpark somewhere. See, Jesus was a man different from any other person. And we should all know this, and we probably all do know it, but we want to emphasize this, that he is the one and only Son of God. So when God sent his Son, his one and only Son, we found out that Jesus was a different type of person. Jesus never sinned. That's why he could be that perfect payment upon the cross. The righteous who died for the unrighteous. The sinless who died for the sinner. It wasn't just some grand gesture. It was a miracle of God to give his son to us. He came for the sole purpose to take the punishment of our sins. So to minimize our sins is to minimize that work of Christ on the cross. Now we don't need to glory in our past sins, but when we realize how great our sin is and was, it makes the grace of God all that much greater. And instead of us going and making that payment for the wages of sin is death, instead of us having to die for our sins, Jesus came and offered us that as a substitution. We're going to talk about that in a moment. He died on the cross so that all the wrong things that we have done and will do can be forgiven. When our trust and our faith 
is in Christ. And it didn't end at the cross. Even though the red represents blood, he lost his life blood. The Bible says Christ died, he was buried, but he rose again. In victory over death, in victory over sin. He became alive again. And when he took that payment for our sins, something amazing happened. We can be set free. If you've really had that born again salvation experience, you know what it means to be set free. You know what it means. And if you've tried to, to work your salvation or to be religious or to, to fit a mold, you know what a struggle that can be. And there's a big difference between being set free and being in this work of religion. So the question becomes, do you believe that Jesus died on the cross to take the punishment of your sins? Your sins, which are great. Do you believe that? Is that your story? Is that your testimony? I mean, do you see your sins like as, as so vast and so great and Jesus came and, and wiped them away? Matthew tells us this in Matthew 26. For this is my blood of the new covenant. We're going to come to that as we come to the Lord's table here in a little bit. Which is shed for many for the remission of sins. God showed his great love for us that while we were sinners, Christ died for us. Okay? He died for us. He said this is, he was saying this to his disciples just uh, several hours before his death. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us from all sin. There's one thing that will cleanse you from your sin and that's the blood of Jesus. It's not works. It's not your talents. It's not your money. It's not your thoughts. It's not your intentions. But it's a yielded spirit to Jesus Christ. It's accepting in the fullness of truth what he is saying to you. You're a sinner. And you need forgiveness. You need this, this forgiveness or this remission of your sins. He said this is the blood of the new covenant. The old covenant had what? They had the animals that would go and they were giving their life to cover those sins and all the other little offerings that they had. But when Jesus came, he said we're not under this old covenant anymore. We are in this new covenant. The new covenant of Jesus Christ. And from Jesus Christ, it says in Revelations 1.5, the faithful witness, the firstborn from the dead, and the ruler over kings of the earth, to him who loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood. We don't like blood. As believers in Christ, we should glory in that, that term, the blood of Christ. That should be something we should hold up proud we don't like blood because when we see it in the, the world it represents hurt and it represents 
you know, death, and it represents so many other things. Well, guess what? With Jesus, a lot of it represented that same thing. It, going to the cross was not a joyful experience. He was in the Garden of Gethsemane praying, Lord, if there's any way that this can be taken from me. But not my will, but thy will be done. He humbled himself to the point of death, even death on the cross. And we have troubles humbling ourselves in how we live in this world today, in how we treat others, and how we respond to God's word and the order of things that he has in his word. But he tells us in Revelation, to him who loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood. He has made us white as snow. He has cleaned the slate by his blood. And that's why he can say this is the blood of the new covenant, which is shed for many for the remission of sins. The remission means a lot of different things. Hebrews tells us, and according to law, almost all things are purified with blood, and without the shedding of blood, there is no remission. Remission is a word that, that we don't hear often today. But it means really a cancellation of a debt or a charge or a penalty. The wages of sin is death. So if we agree, if we're sitting here agreeing that we are all sinners, we all deserve death, that's the charge. That's the penalty. That's the debt that is owed. Death. And when we really look at that, and that's why I challenged you last week to really try to grip that because when we really look at that, it humbles us down. It, it humbles us down to say, that's my nature apart from Christ. That's who I am without Jesus in my life. That's who I was. And the scriptures say, but some were some of but so were some of you. He was listing off all these sins. So were some of you. But now you are washed, you are cleansed, you are purified. You are made new by this new covenant of Jesus Christ if you know him as your Lord and Savior. Without the shedding of blood, there is no remission. There is no cancellation of that debt. There is no payment for that. And the penalty would still be in effect. A couple of the other words that, that are similar to that means revocation. It means it's revoked, it is pulled back. The law system understands that. If you have somebody that's out on parole or probation and they violate something, they're revoked, they're pulled back. It's a repeal, it's a rescinding, it's an annulment. Sometimes we hear that word annulment in the church just as though like it never happened. That's what the grace of Christ can do. That's what the blood of Jesus can do in our life. Remission simply means the forgiveness of sins. That's the easiest way. When you're sitting with somebody or if you're thinking about it for yourself, it's this, I was a sinner and Jesus forgave me. It's not complicated. It's not rocket science. It's, it's, you know, we don't need to get all theological about it. Jesus has a gift of salvation. We accept that gift. We have been washed. We have been forgiven 
of our sins. There's been a pardoning that has gone on. You might hear that in government sometimes when a, a governor leaves or a president leaves office. Sometimes they'll issue pardons to those who have been convicted, to those who have been judged as, you know, criminals. And that government authority will say, I'm pardoning this person. That's what remission is. And without the shedding of blood, there is no, we could say, forgiveness of sins. We could say there is no pardoning of sins. There is no uh, absolution of our sins without the shedding of blood. So no matter what you try to do in your life, no matter what it is that you're trying to do to make up for the sin in your life, you can't do it. Because only Jesus Christ can do that. And it's through his blood. And so as we walk in the light as he is in the light, what does that mean? As we walk in his word, as we walk in his truth, as his truth claims, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus Christ is effectual. It's at work in us. Salvation isn't just an experience that happens sometime when you said a prayer or walked up front. Salvation is something that is ongoing in our life. He tells us to work out our salvation. It's not a work that we're doing. It's a work that the Holy Spirit is doing within our lives because of the gift of Jesus Christ through his blood. Have you accepted that gift? Do you know that gift? Have you really accepted the depravity of where you were at on this side? The lowness of your sin, your separation from God, the broken relationship with your Savior, the bottom floor of the bottom floor, and then seeing the gift of Christ in the blood is that other extreme. Because if you minimize your sin, you've minimized the grace of God in your life and when you see the greatness of your sin you see the greatness of his grace in your life that's where we need to be to see that great grace of God in our life but we can't do it unless we see where we have been and who we are and unless we put our trust and our faith in him to lead us where we need to be. So as we go through these colors, we can remember black represents sin, red represents his blood. There's some more colors coming. It's all part of our salvation. It's all part of God's plan for our life. But today is the day of salvation. Maybe you've been religious most of your life. Maybe you Maybe you've known of God. Maybe you've, you know, tried to do it on your own and it's not working. Jesus says it's never too late. Maybe you've been saved a long time, but you've just sort of gotten off the track. You become sort of a selfish person and maybe liking to do things the way that you want to do things and not the way that God would have you to do it. His arms are always open wide. He is there. First John says he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins 
when we repent of those sins. So if you don't know Jesus, come to him. Acknowledge your sinfulness and acknowledge his gift. If you are a believer and you've strayed, repent of those things. Get back in line. Let his Holy Spirit have his way with you. That's what God has called us to do.